and welcome to the next episode of The Best Ever or Guilty Pleasure. I apologize for the impromptu break, but I am back. Today, we will be watching a movie that, spoiler alert, is definitely a guilty pleasure. It's not traditionally a great movie, but I wanted to watch it anyway. Today, we will be watching Step Up. Released in 2002, this movie spawned multiple sequels and a TV show. It brought dancing to the forefront. It also spawned a relationship between two main characters, Channing Tatum and Jenna Dewan. They married af- on the set of this after meeting on the set of this movie, but have unf- unfortunately since divorced. It is by far the lowest rating rated film uh, to date, with a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. However, in true guilty pleasure fashion, the audience score is 83%, a whopping 62% gap. Uh, It's clear it's not critically acclaimed, but people sure do love their dance movies, and this is one of the originals. Like I said before, the movie stars Channing Tatum as Tyler, a troubled youth who gets in trouble after breaking into the Maryland School of the Arts. He is sentenced to 200 hours of community service to be done at the school. During his time there, he meets Nora, played by Jenna Dewan, and eventually becomes her dance partner. Tyler's past comes back to bite him, but he overcomes it with dance. (laughs) Sure, the plot is silly, but it is engaging. Uh, A side note on uh, ratings. I feel like you can't really go by the ratings alone. I know that I mention the Rotten Tomato percentages often, uh, but that's just a guideline. Um, If you really see a movie, uh, it's it's not... uh, You can't really go by what the ratings say. The huge gap between the critic and the audience scores of Rotten Tomatoes for this movie is a great example of why you can't really trust the ratings. Critics will be looking at a plot, dialogue, and acting, and and sure, those are great to judge a movie by, but I remember how more how a movie makes me feel. Uh, there's a comfort to this movie because of a number of things, uh, but the nostalgia really hits with this movie, and I saw a lot of the audience ratings were done recently, not when the movie came out in 2002. Uh, That feeling and this uh, point that I'm trying to make here is the reason why I'm making this podcast. Uh, I will be featuring a lot of movies on this podcast that probably aren't critically acclaimed, but I remember them fondly. Uh, And I hope it will inspire you to do the same and not just go by what the ratings say. Anyway, back to the movie. Uh, I wanted to watch this movie because my wife and I love dance movies. I mentioned before, it's a guilty pleasure that I have. I've seen a ton of them. Uh, We have seen all the sequels to this movie, with the exception of the show. I I, I think I watched maybe like an episode of that, but I couldn't really get into it. And it was on, it was a YouTube premium show, and I didn't want to pay for that. I don't really know anybody who does. Uh, We frequently watch So You Think You Can Dance, which is another guilty pleasure. Uh, A lot of the stars on that show show up in subsequent Step Up movies. Uh, I wanted to watch this movie with my wife, and that's what we did. I will probably be be talking about the sequels to this movie, most likely to point out that this movie is pretty different from the other ones. 
I remember this movie being a lot more about the romance than the dancing, and the other movies have way more of an emphasis on the dancing with a bit of romance sprinkled in. Uh, Let's see if it's as I remember it. So, spoiler warning for this movie, Step Up, and all of the sequels. Next up, I will watch the movie. I will take notes on what I see and report back in a bit. I will be talking in detail about this movie, so, like I said, spoilers ahead, uh, and the additional spoiler warning for the sequels. The question I will be trying to answer is, was this movie the best ever, or is it just a guilty pleasure? Let's watch and find out. And we're back. I forgot how much I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, I, like I said before, I also watched it with my wife because she's a big fan. So we have a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. First, let's talk about guilty pleasures. I understand that the name of this podcast sort of casts a negative light on that term. However, it's really not. I, I don't mean it to be. Guilty pleasures are good to have. If they provide enjoyment, then what is the problem with it? There is a tendency to bash movies that are not written by prolific screenwriters or directed by a famous director. Uh, This is one of those movies. It is almost wholly critically panned, like I said before, with the 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. But as I said before, it has the 83% audience score. That audience score is a respectable score. It's clear that the public enjoyed this movie, not the critics. You can't compare this movie to Citizen Kane, Inception, or The Godfather. Those types of movies exist almost in a different place. This movie is a romantic dance movie. In its own right, it's a great example of it. If you judge the movie with that criteria, rather than the criteria that you would judge the movies that I mentioned before, uh, like the audience usually does, uh, you should get high results for this movie. Some of the critics say that it is, uh, quote, the lowest common denominator stuff, unquote, and that it's, quote, a cliche-ridden movie, unquote. This just really speaks to what critics feel about movies like this. I'm sure Step Up was never made to compete with the movie monsters like the ones that I mentioned before, so it's really kind of unfair to judge this movie like that. How does it stand up to other movies like this one? The audience reviews are full of references to fun dance sequences and the chemistry between the main characters and are much more forgiving of the plot. It's meant to be fun and not taken as seriously. So just so we're clear, I'm if I'm talking about a movie being a guilty pleasure, I am most likely talking about a movie that I still enjoy. I am not shying away from this that from the fact that this movie in particular isn't amazing by traditional standards but it is still enjoyable to watch so anyway with that out of the way back to the actual movie itself uh this movie is by far uh is by far not the first movie to come out uh, Save, Save the Last Dance came out in 2001 and was pretty successful. Uh, it was written by uh, Dwayne Adler, who also wrote this movie. And of course, you have the famous dancing movies from the 80s, like Footloose and Flashdance. Um, the idea of movies that mix traditional and modern dancing is super popular, and you see that throughout the history of movies. Um, the Step Up movie franchise is arguably the most 
popular modern example. Like I said before, it has spawned four sequels plus a spinoff, I think, in China uh, and, and, of course, the TV show uh, that is actually in its third season. Uh, but it, I think it was originally a YouTube premium and then a YouTube – no, no, sorry, YouTube Red, then YouTube Premium, and then now I think it's on Stars or something. They picked it up. Uh, the series, uh, the movie series, has earned approximately $435 million worldwide, which is nothing to sneeze at. The movies are very positive in theme, focusing on overcoming adversity through dance and encouraging people to get up and move. This first movie, like I said before, is more about romance than dancing. Yes, there is dancing involved, but it's really the story is really about Tyler and Nora. There is a lot more drama involved, like Nora and Brett breaking up because he's just ridiculous. Uh, you have Lucy, Miles, and Colin, that whole love triangle. You have Mac and Skinny, the latter of which dies in a particularly dramatic scene. Uh, they even focus on the school, Maryland School for the Arts, being a school for many different things other than dance. Uh, there's there's scenes where multiple people, uh, where you can see multiple people playing music, painting, and <laughs> let's not forget Brett recording his awful music in the recording studio. The other movies sort of flip the script and are more about the dancing than the romance. Uh, it's not a bad thing, it's just different. Uh, the premises get a bit more ridiculous, but again, take these movies as a romantic dance movie, and they still hold up as such. The only character that holds over from this movie is Camille, Tyler's foster sister. Tyler does make a cam cameo at the beginning of Step Up 2, but Allison Stoner, as Camille, actually has a storyline in multiple movies. The subsequent, mo subsequent movies also spawn really popular characters like Keto, Hare, Vlad, Jason, and of course, Moose. Uh, Moose is by far the most popular and for good reason. Nerdy, scrawny, but could probably dance better than anyone else, and does, often. The movie franchise also features multiple winners and runners-up from the show So You Think You Can Dance. Uh, I mentioned the show before, uh, the show also shares the same message that the movies do. It's a positive show that focuses on overcoming adversity through dance and encouraging people to get up and dance. Uh, some of the appearances are just cameos in, in dances in the movies like Joshua Allen, Philip Chabib, and Comfort. But uh, some So You Think You Can Dance alum have bigger roles like Twitch being Jason in multiple movies and Catherine McCormick, uh, who actually won one of the uh, So You Think You Can Dances, uh, starring up in Step Up Revolution as the main female lead, Emily. Christopher Scott, who plays Hare in the movies, uh, has choreographed a lot of my favorite routines on the show. I don't know if any one of the movies is my favorite, which is why I chose the original to watch for this podcast. It, it's one of those franchises that I can really watch any one and be okay with it. I do watch the dance sequences from the movies like separately more often. Uh, they are clearly made to be fun and watched often. Some of my favorites are The Battle of Gwai in Step Up 3D, uh, The Final Dance in Step Up All In, and The Final Dance in Step Up Revolution, where a lot of the previous dancers that I mentioned earlier come back for a cameo. None of the dances in the original movie are really worth watching again, not that they are 
bad. It's just more a testament to the fact that this movie was more about the romance than the dancing. Uh, a big point to these movies I mentioned a couple times before is that they are about overcoming adversity through dance. The first movie really lays into that. Tyler is a lower socioeconomic um, status. He is an orphan, struck with foster parents that don't really care for him. Uh, he makes money by boosting cars with his friends. Him and his friends often make comments uh, that are negative towards rich people. He gets his 200 hours of community service and ends up dancing with Nora. Through this experience, he finds a, he finds ways to better himself. A common criticism of him is that he never finishes anything. He eventually starts getting more ambitious throughout the movie, not just for himself, but for his friends. He asks his friend Mac about playing basketball and trying to do that more, uh, recognizing that as a way for Mac to better himself. He eventually fights for and earns a spot at MSA, even after being told earlier in the movie that his actions cost someone else their dreams, but I guess they kind of broke that off. Uh, but the lesson is, is that he found ways to better himself through dancing with Nora. Uh, the series sort of plays this dynamic fast and loose. Uh, this movie is, uh, the story about that is is a bit believable. The, story, the school is mentioned that it does give out a lot of scholarships and he did show his motivation and ability, so it's likely that he would get picked up um, by the school. The other movies are a bit less believable. Step Up 3D is about a dance crew who live in a warehouse and do not have the money to pay for that warehouse, so they dance in a competition to earn the money. <laughs> uh, in Step Up Revolution, they uh, use the fad at the time, flash mobs, to fight the gentrification of a neighborhood. They eventually convince the developer of the gentrification, uh, who is who just happens to be the father of the female lead, to build up the neighborhood rather than tear it down. Step Up All In has probably the most realistic expectation in that the dance crew enter a competition solely to get jobs as working dancers in Vegas. So instead of a lump sum like the one, like the ones before, uh, they get steady payment. The American dream. The end of this movie, uh, this movie features uh, videos of people dancing like, like, um, uh, like just regular people filming themselves dancing. Uh, this right here kind of makes me, f is what makes me think that they're really encouraging people to get up and move. Um, so you think you can dance, which I know is not what this particular episode of the podcast is about, but it's so closely related it's worth talking about, um, is big on this concept. Members of that show, as well as people who have worked up worked on the Step Up movies, uh, founded a nonprofit called Dizzy Feet Foundation. It helps children with limited means get into dancing. The show also uh, was instrumental in founding the National Dance Day, which is held on, I believe, the third Saturday in September, which encourages people to get up and dance, no matter what your ability is. So now is the time to pick apart the movie. Um, the movie does surprisingly hold up. It's definitely dated in a lot of ways. First, the clothes. Man, the mid-2000s were wild. Uh, Tyler wears clothes that are easily three sizes too big. He wore a belt and his pants still sagged. Uh, Lucy, at one point, wore a scarf about the width of a pencil that just looked ridiculous. Fashion in this time uh, was 
crazy. Uh, let's not also forget, again, Brett being as ridiculous as he is, had frosted tips. Anyway, uh, Nora uses what looks like a Sony Ericsson brick cell phone, uh, and at one point, Miles sends her an MP3, which I'm willing to bet that a lot of the listeners don't even know what an MP3 is. Uh, well, she listens to that with Lucy on a tiny mono speaker. Hilarious. Not to mention that she probably at that time had 2G internet, maybe even 3G, potentially, because she is a little bit rich. Uh, so downloading an MP3 would have taken quite a while. Miles uses a G4, which was the last power book that Apple made before they started putting out the MacBook Pros. Mac has always been the computer to get from music production, so it makes sense. It's just funny that I know exactly what computer he's using because they make a point to say that he has one. He carries it with him and is able to plug into the system for Lucy's performance. Uh, the computer actually has a maximum of 120 gigs of storage, which most phones have now, so I'm not really sure how many samples he could have had on there. But he must have been crazy good because his samples worked out perfectly with their song. He had never played with that band, but it all worked out in the end. Awkward line dancing commenced, and Tyler clearly had no idea what was happening, but then just immediately picked up what to do within seconds of watching everybody else do it. The synchronized choreographed dance is a staple of a lot of those teen movies from this era, and this was no exception. I don't remember ever breaking out in a synchronized dance in high school, but I guess I missed out. There are not too many cool shots in this movie. I know I talk about cool shots that often, uh, often, but uh, the cinematography is not really the strong suit of this movie. Um, the sequence where Nora takes Tyler to the pier is full of shots, good shots though. Um, the scenery definitely helps. Uh, the shot of the two with the sun washing out the background is, is, is really cool. Um, they brought back that shot in Step Up Revolution where the two leads also dance next to the water and get a similar shot with the sun in the background. Yes, it's cheesy, but it looks cool. Uh, there's a lot ha that happens in this movie, uh, a lot of surprisingly heavy stuff, too. Tyler is an orphan, and Nora's dad passed away a few years prior to the events of the movie. Skinny dies in the movie, and that actually was a surprise when I first saw it. I didn't expect that to happen. Uh, it's a pretty tragic event in the middle of a mostly light-hearted movie. Uh, Brett screws over Miles by, surprisingly, getting a record deal. I don't know how he did, um, despite being terrible. Uh, Lucy gets cheated on by her older boyfriend, uh, and then the one thing that doesn't really get touched on, but happens nonetheless, Andrew, Nora's original partner, who sprained his ankle, leading to the reason why Tyler gets involved in the first place, pretty much has his life ruined. The, the senior so showcase was his showcase, too. He couldn't perform, which meant that he didn't have any options as a result of the showcase. They didn't touch on it, but if you think about it, that's pretty sad. Overall, I'm really glad I watched the movie again. Uh, my wife and I love watching the dance watching dance movies, and when a new one comes out, we try to catch it. Yes, they are a guilty pleasure, this one included, but like I said earlier, that's a good thing. Thanks for listening to this week's Best Ever Guilty Pleasure. We'll be back next week with another movie from my past. Please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so I can get the other people to listen. Uh, until next time, watch more movies.